0: Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. Today, we're going to talk about three tips to write better, more engaging emails that open. Now, you may be thinking, Scott, how are you going to teach me about email? through a podcast. Well, I'm going to do the best that I can. They're going to give you three principles that I apply and it doesn't matter what email platform you use. Before I get into that though, a couple of things I want to talk about. Some people think email is dead. Oh, it's going to be dead. It's absolute hogwash. Because the reality is that if you look at any of these online marketers And I got some friends that literally make millions of dollars in selling stuff online. They're using Facebook ads, some of them, depending on what they sell. But everybody's trying to build their list because the money is still in the list. So email marketing isn't dead. The truth is most people just do it wrong. And so for them, it's dead. It's like, yeah, it's dead when you do it wrong. But if you do it right, email is incredibly powerful. And a couple of other things to think about. One, if you have a Facebook page, for instance, you know, and you post something on there and you think, I'm being social on Facebook. Hopefully people see it. The way the algorithm works now, it was 5% of people. So if you had 1,000 followers on your Facebook page, 5% of people Facebook will feed it to them. The other 95% never see it. So how do you get your content in front of those other 95%? Facebook wants you to pay them to get in front of the people that have already said they like you right now, the numbers are even lower. I've been reading recently, like the social media is going to get about two and a half percent. So you spend all this time building up your social presence and doing all this stuff online, and trying to get people to pay attention to you. And then you post content and maybe 3% of it gets in front of your audience. So not saying don't do social media, I think social media is fantastic. I'm not saying stop doing Facebook or Instagram. What I'm saying is that email, even a mediocre email would have a 20% open rate, right? And if you do it well, it can be 30 to 40%. Like our emails to our mortgage clients are 35 to 40% open rate. So like that's 10 times more than what you're getting from a social media post. So I think it's important for you guys just to be aware that email is absolutely not going anywhere and you need to keep it. So if you're gonna do email, then how do you do it well? What are some of the tips that I've learned? So I've written so many emails and I actually love writing emails is one of my favorite things to do with creating. When you do them, spend some time on them. So the first tip I wanna give you, and a lot of people make a mistake with this, is they write emails to a group. So they sit there and they go, hello, and their whole tone and voice and everything. It just feels like a newsletter. You've been on somebody's email list and you get these emails and it's like, oh my gosh, this is like delete, unsubscribe. When you write to many people, nobody pays attention. So what I do every time I write any email. So if I'm sending an email to 7,000 people on my email list, I picture one person in my mind and I think, okay, who am I writing this email? Who's this email for? And I go, the email is for Sally. I even, when I write out my draft, I write out, hi, Sally. Then I start writing the entire email in that perspective as if I'm writing to Sally. Because people will pay attention to a message that's one-to-one. They will not pay attention to a message that's one-to-many. And if it feels one-to-many, they're going to go, I don't care. And in fact, there was research done one time where they basically there was a big concert and they wanted to test like, would people help someone who appeared to be in need? And so and this actually ties into this whole one-to-one and one-to-many. And so they'd have somebody kind of sit beneath a tree and appear to be kind of drunk and out of it and they needed some help. And if a group saw them, then typically what happened, nobody helped. So if a group saw somebody sitting there that looked like they were in need of help, everybody would ignore it because you'd be like, somebody else will deal with this. I don't have to because there's lots of people here. But the problem is no one does if that same person was sitting there and one person walked by, so they put them in a place where one person walked by, the chances of them helping were significantly higher. So how does this relate to emails? When you write an email that's one to many, nobody pays attention. Even if you ask for help, hey, please, could you reply to this email? It's really important to me. If you write it as if it's to many people, they're going to go, someone else will respond. I don't need to. Versus if you write an email that's one-to-one, you're going to get a much higher response rate. So the tactic is write down a person's name and then write the entire email as if you're sending it to that one person. Then you remove their name and you put in the merge tag and you drop in the first name for everybody, but the email is going to come off way better. That's the first. The second thing to make good emails is to tell stories. So if you can tell a story, and the thing is, if you've been in a mortgage business for more than five minutes, you have stories. So if I said to, Hey, I want you to think of the three most difficult files you've had to work on in the last six months, the ones that you had you up at night pulling your hair out, stressing you out, that you somehow got funded. Those are fantastic emails. So if you're trying to think, what do I send to my realtors or send to my clients? tell those stories. And so you, yes, you don't need to use personal names and be like Sally Smith with a 500 credit score, they were doing this and they missed their payments, like, obviously redact it, change the information. So that, but get the point of the story across. Because people pay way more attention to stories. And if you think about this, if you're ever in an event, where somebody's up top speaking at the front of the room, and you're sitting there, and they're like, blah 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 blah, and you're like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so bored. And then all of a sudden, they switch to telling a story, your brain's like, Whoop, what, I'll pay attention to this. So use stories strategically. So step one, write to one person, step two, tell stories when you can, it's going to be much more effective. The third thing is include a call to action. So don't just have an email that goes, here's some information, hope it's useful. It's like you actually need to have some call to action. So the call to action, it doesn't have to be call me now to refinance. So it's not like it has to be that, but it should be something. So it could be like, reply to this email, right? If you're asking a question, it could be, If this sounds interesting to you or you know somebody who needs this, book a call. I'd love to chat. Or, hey, if you know someone that could use this information, forward to a friend. Or, hey, I want you to check out this video that I shot on this. Click this link. If there's no call to action, your emails are going to get significantly less response and they're not going to work as well. So those are the three main things. Write to one person. Tell stories whenever you can include a call to action. And then I'm going to give you two bonus tips that I've also improved your emails. The second thing is that don't write email in large blocks of text. So like if you're trying to tell a story, don't have a massive paragraph. People's eyes look at that and go, I'm tired, I don't want to read it. So you got to break it into small chunks. So as much as possible, if you're on my email list and you get my emails, you'll see that I do never let text be in large chunks. Because if somebody's eyes see a large chunk of text, I'm like, bah, I don't want to read it. My kid's school will send me an email and I'll look at that wall of text and be like, I don't want to read this. And it's about my kid, right? I should be like, I should want to read this. I don't want to read it. So break it into bite-sized chunks. So like make the paragraph smaller, break it into sentences, you know, no more than a couple sentences per section. And the second thing you can do is you can bold Parts of it. So what people will do with email in particular is they skim it. Just like you do, I guarantee you, if I send you an email, you're going to skim. You're going to be like, is this important? Nope. Delete. And so what I do is I bold the important points. At the end of that email, when I finish writing it, I'm going to bold the key points. And if after looking at those bold points, I can see that, oh, this is something I want to read. I'll go back and read it. And I guarantee you do the same. If the bolded points look interesting, oh, that's okay. What? But what? Pay attention. Now I'm back and I read the entire email. So you have to use bold strategically, don't overdo it, but use it strategically. A second thing that I find really helpful is if you have a story, it could be, let's say of a message from a client, oh my gosh, Scott, you're amazing. I can't believe you helped me do X, Y, and Z. Screenshots are powerful ways to make your stories more compelling. So you can obviously either A, get permission, and well, you should get permission, but B, redact their info. So you can just white out their name, but you can get this great message. So for instance, I can think of one, this guy, Graham. He was a brand new mortgage broker. I finally broke 20,000 a month, took me longer than I expected. I think it was like eight or nine months. It wasn't terrible. But he was like, so much. Thank you for your help. Yada, yada, yada. So I take a screenshot of that. Now when I tell a story about Graham and how he started out and he was new and how he thought it took a long time, and I include that screenshot, the email is like, oh my gosh, what is this? This is like so much more effective versus if I just write down Graham said X, Y, and Z, I mean, you could be making that up. Is Graham even a real dude? But if I have a screenshot that is much more powerful. So in terms of the tactical parts of it there, think about using some small chunks of texts, use bold strategically, right? So people skim and then use screenshots where you can. So I'm gonna wrap this whole section up with you. How do we do better emails? I'm trying to keep these under 10 minutes. First, write to one person, right? You're gonna write an email. You're gonna write down that person's name. You're gonna picture them in your mind. You're gonna to write to them. And then you're gonna use that to send everybody to. Use stories. Stories are powerful. Our brains are wired for it. We'll pay more attention. Three, include a call to action. So make sure there's some purpose for it other than just like, here's some info. And then in terms of the tactical parts, you make your paragraphs small, don't make me walls of text. use bold strategically, and then use things like screenshots That you redact personal information because they're powerful. And if you're trying to think of what to send to your realtors, this stuff will work like crazy. It's like catnip. So hopefully that was useful for you. In my next show, I'm gonna share with you my 40000 dollars mistake. And this isn't even the biggest mistake I made in business, but this was my second year in the mortgage business. I'd closed over 120 loans, thought I was the king of the world. I'm like, I am the man, and then I lost 40 grand like. Blink. And I lost it in the mortgage business. And I'm going to share with you in the next episode what my $40,000 mistake was. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you found this useful or helpful, if you could do me a huge favor, if you could go to iTunes, leave a review for this show say what you think of it. Cause we don't know if anybody's listening to it. Maybe it's just, I got one friend who's listening to this and that's it. So if you could go to iTunes, leave a review, that would be fantastic. And if you know of other people that would find the show useful, share it with them. It'd be awesome. If you could, there's my call to action to you. Share the show with them. I'd really appreciate that. And check out this next episode on my $40,000 mistake. This is an, I love mortgage brokering production.